Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, would you please turn with me to the book of Luke. Book of Luke, chapter 22. And uh, before I get started, while you're looking for that, well, uh, Johnny, you should have let me tell that story. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the full effects I'm going to get. Yeah, you're going to get them all right. <laughs> He's already paid to do a little bit of practice for telling it while we were gone. So uh, anyway, we did have a good time, and I appreciate y'all for allowing us to, to be gone for a weekend, and uh, and we did have a good time. We had a great time. Uh, but we're back, and we missed y'all. Matter of fact, uh, Sunday night after we got home, I set up to 1 o'clock, and I watched both services that, that was here. And so uh, uh, thank everybody for for the fill-ins and the, and the preaching and the singing and everything that went on here. The Lord's Church goes on regardless of who's in the pulpit. Amen? Right. Amen. I thank God that He's allowed me to be here, but, but what we really need to thank God for is that there are men and women who are willing to stand up and fill in the gaps when someone is not around. Amen? Amen. That's the sign of a healthy church. So God bless you for that. Thank you all for doing it. Don't forget to be in prayer for Brother Randy. He's in Ida, Louisiana, preaching somewhere this morning uh, and doing some Gideon work there, so be in prayer for him. Uh, uh, we're going to be speaking this morning from the book of Luke chapter 22, be reading verses 31 through 34, and then uh, 54 through 62. The title of this message this morning is Converted or Stirred. Converted or Stirred. Please, let's read the Word of God. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the crop the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And then verse 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them but a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also with them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord 
And he said unto him, that how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us through it today, as only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Chapter 22 is a, a long chapter in the book of Luke. It's filled with all kinds of sentiment, emotion, deception, injustice, intrigue. Jesus is dealing with his own emotions as the Son of Man. Being deceived by one close to him, knowing he will be falsely accused and die on a tree. <laughs> Let me just say something here. If you don't think the Lord don't understand your emotions, your distress, the times when you feel deceived, the times when things aren't going your way, the times when the closest people to you turn on you, you're wrong. He fully understands everything you go through because He's experiencing it right here in this chapter. Jesus understands how you feel. He knows you. He loves you. And He wants to help you through anything. And He knows how to do that. So we see him dealing with this stuff. How he understands how hard it is for us to obey him all the time. You believe that? He does understand that because he knows we're weak. He's strong, but we're weak. Even Christ himself asked the Father to take this cup from him, knowing it was the will of God. He understands as the Son of Man. He understood those things because Jesus was a man. He was also God. So as the Son of Man, He had all of these things happening to Him. He went through all of these emotions Himself. But as the Son of God, He knew why He was doing it. He knew the purpose that was behind it. He knew that He had to accomplish as the Son of Man what the Son of God was set out to do. Amen. And that was to die for lost humanity. He had to do this and He knew it. So as God, He knew He had to do these things. Yet again, as the Son of God, He has the power to yield Himself to the will and authority of His Father and to carry out His mission of providing salvation as the Lamb of God. But here in the midst of all this personal conflict of Christ Himself, He focuses on Peter. <laughs> he focuses on Peter. Isn't that amazing? He focuses on Passover. He focuses on Judas. He sends Judas out to do what Judas is supposed to be doing. And then he focuses on Peter. 
And as he focuses on Peter, look at what he says to Peter. This is a wonderful scripture, a beautiful scripture. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. This is a night of darkness. This is a night where the price, the ransom, if you will, for me and you had to be paid. This was the time it was fixing to take place. There was a time of extreme darkness. And yet Jesus knew that he had the power to do what he needed to do. But he knew that these apostles that were going to be left were going to have to carry on the mission when he left. He was concerned about them then. And he's just as concerned about men you now today he sees us he's focused on us he knows that satan would like to destroy every single one of us he would like to kill me he would like to kill you he wants to kill your children. He wants to kill your grandchildren. He wants to kill everybody. He wants to destroy. That's his mission. And if he can destroy the hands of the church, if he can destroy Peter, the loud mouth, obnoxious, stick your foot in your mouth, apostle. If he can get him the self-declared head of the apostles, if you will. The one that he speaks to about all the time. The one that's constantly sticking his foot in his mouth. If he can destroy this guy, boy, what a trophy he'll have. If Satan can tempt the preacher, and get him to run off with the piano player. Thank God my piano player is my daughter. That would be perverted, wouldn't it? If he could just do that, he would. I mean, sure would. But there's something that keeps him at bay. Something we don't even think about sometimes. Because see, our Savior, going through all of this, He saw everything clearly still. He knew Satan wanted fear. He knew Satan was fixing to try to destroy this man that God was going to use later on to preach a sermon on the day of Pentecost. He knew it. And He focuses on Him instead of His own self. You don't think the Lord has not got the right to tell us to deny ourselves? Amen. Huh? Amen. He does have that right. You know why? Because he did it to himself. Come on now. In his darkest time, in his time of need, when it's supposed to be all about him, he makes it all about Peter and what Satan wants to do to all of us. And he said that he wants to sift you as wheat. Huh. But he don't stop there, does he? Look what else he says. But I have prayed for you. Woo. 
You know where Christ is right now? He's at the right hand of the Father. Do you know what He's doing right now? He's praying for us. He's praying for me. He's praying for you. He's praying for all of those who belong to Him that Satan would desire to destroy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He is interceding already for Peter before he's even ascended. And now that he's ascended, he's doing the same thing for me and for you. Amen. Praise God Amen. for Jesus Christ. Thank God for our intercessor. Thank God for the one who sees everything, who knows what we need, and prays for what we need and not for what we want. Amen. Thank God for that intercessor. He said, but I have prayed for you. What did he pray? That your faith does not fail you. Right. Praise God for faith. That's right. Amen. We need more of it. We need to believe the Word of God. We need to believe the Son of God. We need to believe the Holy Ghost. We need to believe what we know about God from the Word of God. That's right. Amen. We need faith. Not only to believe it, but to do what it tells us to do. Right. Yes. But he don't stop with that. That he's interceding. Look at what he says. He says, I have prayed that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted. You see that? When you are converted, I want you to do something. I want you to strengthen the brethren. Praise God. Do you know what happens to you when you're converted? According to Jesus, we're supposed to strengthen one another. Amen. We're supposed to support one another. Amen. We're supposed to spur one another on. Amen. We're supposed to stir each other up. We're supposed to get on fire for Jesus Christ to tell a lost world who He is. Uh-oh. Is that what we're doing? We better be. Because that's what conversion is all about. Amen. It's what conversion is all about. This, this, You need to underline this in your Bible. This verse 32. And when thou art converted. That means that Jesus has prayed for this man. That his faith fails not. This man is walking with Jesus. This man is talking with Jesus. This man is looking to Jesus. But he's still got to be converted. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. He has still got to be converted. Amen. Amen. What was Peter's response to him? Look at it. Verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you. Bold words, didn't it? Except one problem. He didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Amen. He didn't have a clue what was fixing to happen. Jesus is the only one of that bunch that knew that. Amen. And he said, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. Boy. Did Peter mean that? Yeah, he did too. You know how I know? 
Because when they came to arrest Jesus, what did he do? He pulled out a sword and he was wanting to fight. He was ready to die to keep them from taking Jesus. He lopped off an ear of a servant. The Lord rebuked him for that. Chewed him out for doing it. Picked up the man's ear and stuck it back on his head. Why do you make think that made Peter feel? He was willing to die. He was. He was willing to go to prison. Amen. The only problem with that, Brother Steve, is that ain't what Jesus wanted him to do. There's a reason for that. We all have made this bold statement, I'll die for Christ. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Not till you live for Him, you won't. Amen. 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 You ain't going to die for someone you won't even live for. Amen. Jesus <laughs> does not want us to die for Him. I know that sounds weird to some people. God's ways are not our ways. And the death that we're supposed to have in Christ is not necessarily a physical death, although every one of us is going to experience that. Some of these very people did give their lives because they refused to reject Christ. Amen. Some of them gave their lives because they were just doing what Christ told them to do. They were preaching the gospel and they killed them. Amen. But see, the Lord wants us not to die for Him, but to live in Him. Amen. He wants us to live in Him and be a light to a dark world and let them see Christ in us is their only hope of glory. And when we don't live for Jesus, we diminish the light that people are supposed to see. When we live in sin and transgression and we live like the rest of the world, what most of the church is trying to do today, they do not see Jesus Christ in that. They don't want Jesus Christ. Why do they need Jesus Christ? They're living as good as you are and I am. Uh-oh. He wants us to live in Him. Amen. He wants us to follow Him. He wants us to understand Him. What does He want from us? And do what He says and shows us to do. And He knew Peter could not do this at all unless he was converted. <laughs> Boy, how many times have you read this Scripture? How many times have you read this Scripture and just went right through and said, well, that old dumb Peter, he's always doing stuff like that. And you miss the whole spiritual part. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> we forget to, you know why so many of us can relate to Peter? <laughs> I'd love to say I can relate to John, but not me. I'm big mouth. I'm obnoxious. I'm arrogant. I keep my foot in my mouth more than I do on the ground. I can relate to Peter. 
Amen. 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 I ain't by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't calling no name, but I ain't by myself. He wants us to live for Him. He wants us to be an example in life. <laughs> and He told Peter, He said, Peter, before the cock crows three tonight or in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Mm -hmm. Wow. You don't think Jesus can't see ahead? <laughs> Let me tell you what. I don't know who this message is for besides myself. But he knew who was going to be here today. Do you believe that? Amen. He knew. That's right. He knew somebody here needs to hear this because there's too many people trying to act like Peter without being converted. Amen. Huh? Come on, preach. Come on now. Amen. There's too many people trying to live for Jesus without being converted. Uh-oh. <laughs> we better look at what that means, huh? We better look at what that means. So Peter, in verse 54, they've already come got Jesus. Now you talk about a confused individual. He tried to help protect Jesus. He tried to keep them from taking Jesus. But what's wrong with that plan? That was not the will of God. The will of God was that Jesus go with those people and Jesus die for all of us. So Peter thought he was doing a good thing. Brings the scripture to mind, don't it? Amen. Peter thought he was doing right, but he wasn't. He was interfering with the plan of God. Amen. Amen. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, you know. But the end thereof is death. <laughs> it ain't about what seemeth right to us. It's what is right before God. Amen. It's about His plan, not our plan. Our plan is to change this world. Let's make this place a better place to live in. What's God's plan? He's thinking to burn this place down. His plan ain't to make this a utopia for us. His plan is to give us a brand new place. And that will be our utopia in Him. See the difference? We don't want to cut ties with this place. We want to stay here. We want to say we're going to heaven, but we want to stay here. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. That don't even sound right, does it? Well, guess what? It ain't gonna work that way. I don't care how you think it, how you plan it, it ain't gonna work that way. Because it's not God's plan. And we can quit, need to quit trying to interfere with his plan for the world and get on the, in, in the program with his plan for the lost humanity of this world. Amen. We're not here to save the world. We're here to save the people of the world. Amen. Amen. How are you going to do that? you, you got to be converted. Amen. 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 If you ain't converted, you can't do it. Mm. So we find him here all messed up in his head. 
The devil decided he wanted him all right. And we find him dazed and confused. Who's the author of confusion? It ain't God. God's got order. God knows exactly what he's doing. Peter's the one who don't know what's going on. Amen? Amen. Amen. Peter has done all of these things. But he finds himself still trying to follow Jesus. Amen? Look in verse 54. They brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed. You see that? He's still following Jesus, said Berlin. But look how he's following him. Way off. There's a lot of Christian people try to follow Jesus from way off. They won't get close to him. Because see, the closer you get to him, the brighter you shine. Yep. The further away you are, the dimmer you are. Peter was confused and dazed and he didn't understand all that was going on. So he ain't going to get close to Jesus because they got him arrested. He's close enough he can see him though. Amen. He's tried it his way and it just ain't working. Why? Because he ain't converted yet. Amen. Let's look at this word converted. What does that mean? It means to be changed into something that you're not. It means to be changed into something different. It means <laughs> that apart from Jesus Christ and His salvation, you ain't never going to get it right. Amen. None of us can live for Jesus until we are converted. That means that we will be saved. That means that we will be filled with the Holy Ghost. That means we will become a new creature. That we will be put on a new pathway in our life. Then and only then can we be of any use for the kingdom work of God. Amen. Amen. That's the only time, the only way you can strengthen the brethren. That's the only way you can be a witness for Jesus Christ. That is the only way you will ever have a testimony that means anything. Mm -hmm. You've got to be converted and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the reason Paul wrote this, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's the gospel that we preach. That's the gospel that we Teach. That is the gospel that we're reading from today. And the gospel says, out of Jesus' own mouth, you must be converted. Amen. Woo. Did he stop there? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Later on, in the same book of Luke, chapter, four, chapter 24, verse 49, look at what Jesus says to his disciples. Now, this is after he's dead, or he died, after he's ready. After he's resurrected and before he ascends. This is what he says to them. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now listen to this. <coughs> but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Amen. Don't strike out for me. Don't go out and start telling them that you watched me go up into the clouds. Don't tell them that you saw me die, that you saw me resurrect, that you saw me eat 
until you have the power, until you have the promise of God. Woo! Have you got that promise today? Have you been converted? Have you been saved? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Have you been changed? Are you a new creature? Are you studying? Are you praying? Are you reading? How's your faith? Are you living a defeated life like Peter was trying to live before he was converted? Uh-oh. Well, those are good questions, ain't they? Aren't you glad I don't point out one of these to answer that question? <laughs> I ain't going to do that because I'd have to answer one for you then. Amen. So Jesus said, stay here. Now, what is the promise? The promise of God. Well, in the book of Acts chapter uh, 1, Jesus tells us these things. It's the promise of the Spirit. It's fixing to be poured out. And in Acts 1 and 8, He said, but you shall receive power. What do we need power for? To do what the Lord's telling us to do. To do what the Lord shows us to do. To understand the Scripture this way. You need the power. And after the power, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to do what? To be a witness to Him. What does that mean? Without that power, you ain't a witness. Pardon my South Arkansas. You're not a witness without that power. You have nothing without that power. You are nothing without that power. That's why Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do anything. Amen. Now look, this is how we're not apart from Him anymore. When you receive the Holy Ghost, guess what that means? It means He comes and lives in you. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? But that ain't all it means. It means not only does He live in you, but now you live in Him. Don't leave that part out ever. That's what it means to follow Him. You're living in Him. You're walking with Him. You're doing what He's commanded you to do. You're, you have the power to do it and we must be about His business. That's right. That's right. Amen. Wow. He goes on. Peter does. After he's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he tells them what has transpired. He preaches it in Acts 2. Verse 16 and 21. And do you know what he preaches? He preaches from Joel chapter 2. And he explains to them what they're seeing. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 through 31. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall, shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, the blood and the fire and the pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord is come. And it shall come to pass. Now listen to this that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord 
shall be delivered. Those are almost the identical words that the converted Peter preached at Pentecost. It wasn't about all the other hoopla. It was about the Spirit being poured out upon our flesh. Amen. 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 Let's get back to Peter. Peter is finding out the hard way why he must be converted. Some of us have to learn that the hard way too, you know. Let me tell you something. And I don't mean this in an ugly way. I'm glad God will save us as long as there is breath in our body. Are you listening to me? As long as there is breath in our body, He can save us. Once we cross that portal into death, we have done all we're going to do in Christ. We have received Him or we have not. There ain't going to be no praying through once you get in the grave. There ain't going to be no man going to pray you out of hell or out of purgatory. I don't care what anyone tells you. When you're dead, you're dead, you're gone. Amen. What you've done for Jesus in the time that you were born to the time you will die will be what determines where you'll go when you meet Him. That's it. Amen. Amen. I did, that's not in my notes, by the way. And look what happens. Peter denied him the third time. And that old rooster, just like on cue, can you see God reach up and peck that old rooster? Crow. Yep. And when that rooster crowed, look what happened. The Bible says the Lord turned. Think about what Jesus is going through right now. The Lord Jesus Christ in his captivity turned and looked straight in the eyes of Peter. <laughs> he looked him straight in the eye. And what effect did that have? The Bible said Peter Remembered. He, he remembered. He wasn't thinking about it while he was doing it. But now that it's been done, he remembered. And the Bible said that he ran out. He wept bitterly with tears. Y'all want to know what repentance looks like? That's it. You want to know what conviction looks like? It's when the Lord Jesus Christ sees you in your sin and He looks at you. And you're close enough to sin and you feel shame and guilt. Peter went off weeping, crying. You know what Peter wanted after this? He wanted restoration. That's why conviction comes to even to, to, to save people. He, the Lord wants to restore Amen. Himself and yourself together again. Because sin separates us. 
He wants to restore that relationship. He was still watching Peter. He still knew. And when the Lord resurrected and he told him he wanted to meet the disciples, you know who else he said? <laughs> Go tell them disciples, I'm going to meet them over here and tell Peter too. <laughs> Some of us need to hear that. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Because you've been following him way out there somewhere. And he's wanting to tell you, come on, get closer to me. Come on up here, repent. I've died for that. I've given my blood so you can come and confess your sins and it'll be okay with me. I will cleanse you. I will clean you. I will forgive you. I will embrace you. I will receive you. Just come to me. That's why he looks at us the way he does sometimes. How many of y'all ever, when you was a little kid and you did something wrong, you look, your mama would be looking at you. Y'all know what the look is? And you dreaded getting home because that look didn't stop until there was punishment for your deed. Amen? Amen. I'd start begging for mercy 10 minutes before we got home. Oh, please don't whip me. Jesus ain't wanting to whip you. He's wanting to forgive you Amen. and restore a relationship with you. Amen? I know, i got to stop. Peter would later write this in 2 Peter verses, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Listen to what Peter writes. This is a long time after Christ is gone. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in, listen to this, remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up. You know how, why he could say that? Because the Lord had stirred him up just by looking at him. And when he looked at him, he remembered Peter knew we need to be stirred this way. We need to remember this way. He said, I am in this tabernacle to stir you up. How? By putting you in remembrance. You know what? There's a lot of people who need to be rededicated to the Lord God. There's a lot of people who need to just come and lay down before Jesus Christ. And remember where he brought you from. Amen. That's right. Amen. I had to look back at him once in a while and remember that filthy, vulgar, putrid person. And I remember then meeting Jesus. <laughs> and it all changed. I was converted. Are you? Maybe you're here today. And you need conversion. There's a lot of people for whatever reason will tell you they're saved when they ain't. Why? Well, I don't know. I know it's a dangerous thing to say. You need to be converted. Don't miss this opportunity because he's looking at you today.
You feel conviction? Do you need stirred up? Some of us just need to come up here and get stirred up again. I'm not talking about stirred up mad. I'm talking about stirred up in love with the Lord that saved your soul. Amen. And remember, just remember where He brought you from and where He's wanting you to go. Would you stand? Converted or stirred up? Which one do you need today? <coughs> These altars are open. Please come. Don't hesitate. If he's got something in <coughs> your heart, if he's speaking to you right now, it's because he's looking right inside of your soul. He's looking inside of your heart. He sees what you did yesterday. He sees what you did last week. He sees what you did a year ago. And when He looks at you, when conviction comes, it's not one where He's pointing a finger and say, I got you. One where he said, Come to me, because I love you. Would you come?
over. God, our Savior Jesus, sees you, loves you, wants you. Just come. He'll do the rest. single one of them's name. <laughs> Carolyn, introduce everybody. Okay. This is Janice Turner, this is Vicki Carver, and I'm Carolyn Johnson. And we feel like the Lord has led us here to this church. Amen. Praise Amen. God! We prayed about it a long time, and we just never could find the church that we felt like God wanted us to be in. Amen. We visit until we came here. Praise, Praise the Lord. Been there. Praise the Lord. That's Christ. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation, He calls the churches <laughs> candlesticks. Yes. And He says, I walk in the midst of those candlesticks. Yes. And when people walk into your church, your candlestick, and they say, we feel the presence of God. Amen. <laughs> Thank, you, Father. Thank you, Father. That's where he's supposed to be. Amen. In his church. Amen. Amen. It don't go by the sign out there, by the way. No. That's right. In his church. That's right. Amen. Y'all, we need we got vote. <laughs> Baptist is always voting on Monday. Always. Vote Mary. <laughs> We're going to eat the 21st. We're voting today. Uh, should I have somebody make a motion? I'll, I'll make a motion. Make a motion to receive these three. Do we have a second? second. All in favor, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All opposed, go, oh my. Now, who said that? <laughs> I did think that we used to have a little mean boy that was in here and he'd do it every time. She <laughs> she got the nomination, so she gets to do that too. Ladies, look at this. I know they're hard to look at. But they're, they're wonderful, God fearing, loving people. Are we perfect? We are far from it. If y'all are looking for a perfect, perfect church, you don't need to join this one. We're not perfect. We're imperfect, but we, we worship one who is perfect. Amen. We worship a God who is perfect in every way. He loves me, but I wonder why. Amen. Oh, I know, but he loves me. Amen. But he does. He does. And he, he promises us something. Nothing Praise the Lord. will ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's why he's never done that to you. Amen. But anyway, where was I? We want y'all to be a part of this church. 
We want y'all to lift us up in prayer. If you have a need, call on us, and we'll be there for you. We'll pray for you in anything, meet your needs any way we can, and help in any way we can. And we expect the same from you toward us. Because, see, we're a body. We're a body. And we're His body. And He's our head. I just thank God for leading us here. Amen. Really, we had visited several places and just no feeling. And the first time we came here, it was like, oh my goodness, this is such a different feeling, you know. And so we came several more times to make sure, you know, sometimes the devil will go put things on your mind and, and you have to wonder, God, is this you or is this the devil? So we just felt like, God, God let us know in a hurry that it was Him. So thank you, Lord. We just wanted to let y'all know that we thank all of you because you made us feel so welcome. And and uh, this godly man right here and this godly wife are, are precious to us. Amen. I'll come on here and get in the middle of everything. Y'all gonna if you'll stand, we're gonna have our dismissal prayer, and y'all come by and please give these ladies the right hand of fellowship. In fact. You can hug them if you want to. Yeah, we're hugging. We're hugging. No, on, on only cheek kisses and none of you can. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, thank God for, for the, the fellowship and the love of the, of the body of Christ. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Johnny Crow, I know you've done said too much today, but would you pray our dismissal prayer, please? Don't come back and give these ladies a right hand of fellowship. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, we just thank you for this glorious day, dear God. Thank you for this church, dear Lord, and what it means to me and my family, dear Lord. Dear God, we just praise your name for these three ladies here, dear God, that you sent our way and added to our church, dear God. Dear God, we just can't wait to see what you have in store for them and us, dear God. Dear Lord, I just lift up our pastor to you, dear God, and his wife, dear Lord, that they, dear God, continue in their work, dear Lord, and, and, and be the leader of our church, dear God, that we need. Dear Lord, I just thank you for each one here and what they mean to my life, dear Lord. Dear God, I lift up our country. Dear God, I lift up our leader of our country. I just pray, dear God, that they'll turn to you, dear God, before it's too late. They'll start seeking you out in everything they do. And dear Lord, we just pray that that would happen, dear God. And dear God, just uh, bless us, watch over us, lead, guide, and direct us, and bring us safely back here tonight, dear Lord. Ask all these things in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.